morning. Hey, stand with me. Welcome to church. Welcome to half a church. So, we're glad to see you, and uh, it's going to be a great day. Are you excited about the the potluck? Y'all, okay, if you're watching us online, I don't know where to look. Uh, if you're in town, you need to get here. This, our potlucks are for real. So uh, it's going to be awesome. So uh, get dressed, come join us. But I'm glad that y'all are already here. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing a little. Uh, we've got a song to teach you, and uh, then we're going to hear from God's Word, and then we are going to break bread together and uh, share a meal. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Your goodness endures forever. Thank you for loving us. I pray that we'll I pray that we'll be able to kind of leave any kind of baggage that we're carrying, any concerns, any troubles, and for just a little bit, just lay them at your feet. And who knows, maybe, Lord, when our time together is over, we might decide just to let you have those burdens and troubles and walk away in your freedom. Wow, that's what I pray, Lord. Be with us. We love you. Amen. Sing with me. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. So take me. Resurrection song.
teach you a psalm. It's from Psalm 81.
with me. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I proved him all and all. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh. As we come to prayer time, you can sit or you can stand. You can come down to the altars in our church. We believe that's a great place to connect with God. Let's just pray together. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that you are more than enough. You're everything that we need, and so we can trust in you. How we've proved you over and over, over and over, time and time again, you have proven to be trustworthy and faithful because that's who you are. It's your nature. Be with us today. May we learn how to align our lives a little more closely to yours, Jesus. May we learn, God, how to be the image of God that you've created us to be in this broken world. God, I pray that you, by your spirit, will bring reconciliation and restoration to our lives, to our relationships, to our community, and to our world. We thank you that you are a God of healing and restoration. You are a God of resurrection. And so we know that even things that look, sometimes they look dead in our lives. You make beauty from ashes. And so we trust you. Be with us in this time pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, how are you doing? I'm glad to hear that. Um, I, I just had you sit down, and I'm going to have you stand back up in a second. But, uh, um, man, it's so good to see you. It's so good. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Garen, and um, I mistakenly put other pastors uh, on the order and then realized, oh, yeah, they're out of town. So, uh if you think about it, be praying for Jason and Mandy and their family as they deal with uh, the loss of a loved one, and they are in Michigan, so be with them. Uh, if you think about my wife, Jen, be with her as uh, she is traveling back from a work weekend, and so uh, be with them. But I'm glad that we have Pastor Tim in the house, and I'm Garen, and I'm the other pastor, and I, I lead this uh, this tattered group that are trying to change the world for Jesus in our little neighborhood. And so uh, I'm thankful that you're part of the journey with us. And so um, this is the time, and I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, tell me about your church, because it seems kind of, um, well, you got like fast music and drums, and then you got like old ritual stuff. And I was like, yeah, we kind of, we believe in um, 
in doing things that are, are new and fresh, but we also understand that our Christian tradition has a richness and a depth to it that we don't want to give up just for the sake of something new. And so we are intentional every week about passing the peace with each other. And that's more, when I grew up, I think I've told this before, like the big thing was like, shake hands with 15 people before you sit down. And there's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it became a number for me as opposed to a relationship building time for me. And so we are intentional in our language even. We want to pass peace with each other. We want you to be right with God and we want you to be right with each other. I didn't say that well, but you know what I'm saying, right? So, right with God, right with each other. And so will you stand with me? I, I would imagine that I'm the first one to say this to you today, but I pray that I won't be the last. May the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. Will you turn around and connect with someone around you? All right. Did anybody did anybody notice the irony of us singing "I Am Holding On to You" and I, my pick just flew. I could not hold on to my pick, and it just flew out. I don't know if anyone saw that. Oh, well. The things you think of. All right. Hey, 
I want to give you a couple of announcements, and, and it's, it's a lot of announcements today. So I'm going to bullet through these really fast, okay? So um, when I was teaching, I'd say, put your, put your listening ears on and your thinking caps on, and here we go. Are you ready? First thing is, potluck today. Now, we, we have space issue, and so we're going to need to be a, a little closer together, but that's all right. That's good. So as soon as service is over, we'll kind of move chairs around. We'll pull out some tables and we'll pull out some food and we're going to have a great time. Again, if you are in town, get on over here. You've got about 30, 40 minutes. So um, if you didn't bring food, that's okay. There, there will be plenty. And if there's not, eat and hang out and then you can grab something at home. But still, I mean, right? I mean, like, like there's not really a like downside to this. Now, Ian, Ian update. You know that we are dealing with this. We have. I want to. I just want to keep you always up to date. Transparency. We have a, a contractor. Man, I'm struggling with my words today. We have a contractor that's coming in this week, and we are hoping, based on information that I got last week, that it won't be as bad or expensive as it was, and we may primarily be dealing with bathroom issues and flooring issues more than walls and stuff like that and so which is a huge praise the lord so i'll keep you posted when i know more but as of right now we're going to be this way for a little while i'm very thankful there's a church a popsy calvary church of the nazarene who has already said um, we want to come uh, the first week in december and either help start middle or finish up whatever you need and they're going to come and sleep here and work long crazy hours and just give us their time and just love on us that way and so i'm very thankful i want to uh, thank them specifically what's the next thing i have kenya oh we are going to be starting we're going to be starting our advent series the first week of advent is actually the last sunday of november so i'm letting you know this early um we have devotional books that we'd love for you guys to to grab they're they're about ten dollars to cover the cost we'll we'll do two for 15 because i think as jen said last week we don't share uh, jen and i don't share um, food or books and so <laughs> you know it, we, we don't i mean and that's okay we know we we've worked this out it's been it's been 23 years of us figuring out what is allowed and what's not so you if you want one book that's great or maybe you say hey, I don't need two books, but hey, buddy, let's go in together, and then we'll save a couple dollars by going in with a friend. So you can do that too. Uh, next thing. Okay. So we are going to be decorating what we can of the church. Um, and I did um, a husband thing, and I put a time out without checking with my wife or other staff members or the church or the calendar. And November 20th is not going to work for us to uh, decorate for Christmas. So we're moving it back to Saturday the 19th. Come from 10 to 12. We'll, um, we'll get the coffee brewing. It won't take us long to decorate. But let's, uh, let's hang the greens and do this together and have a lot of fun. And that leads me to Christmas offering. So if you're new with us, we belong a part of the Church of Nazarene. So we are every month tithing what comes in to give towards education and missions and churches and things that um, in ministries that we can help with but during christmas we take an extra special effort and we really push let's do something 
really crazy. And so I'll tell you what Jen and I do. You can do the same thing. You can do something different, but I'm hoping that you'll do something. Jen and I say, we, we sit down each year and we say, about how much are we going to spend on the girls for Christmas? You know, we're going to spend $50. We're going to spend $500. I don't know, whatever it is. And then we say, well, what if instead of spending that money on two people, what if we split it in thirds and gave a portion of what we would spend on Christmas to help out good causes? And so it helps us be a little more creative in our giving with our family, but it also helps us really bless other places. And so we do from... No, from the first week of Advent through the middle of January, we do a Christmas offering, and we usually do something local, something global, and something in-house. In-house is going to be helping with whatever we need to do. But I want to tell you about how we're going to be connecting locally. We're going to be collect, connecting with the Daytona Beach Collaborative, and here's where we need help. We need to bless them financially, but... I was talking with Miguel Rodriguez, the director of it. He said, you know, what we really need is we're doing Toys for Tots, and I could really use 20, 30 volunteers on, I think it's December 16th and 17th, because they have right now over 400 families that they will be distributing gifts to. And he said most of the families have between two and four kids. So this is going to be chaotic, and he could really use some help. And so... Part of our giving, as we talk about giving, we, we always talk about how it's more than just money. It's giving time and energy and, and focus and attention. And so we're going to bless them financially, but Miguel could also use boots on the ground, helping them distribute gifts. And I can't think of a better thing to do than to, than to help some families that could use a little extra help this time of year um, and help them create a special Christmas moment for their family. And so... Um, I'll give you more information about that the closer that we get, but it'll be the middle of December. I'm telling you this early because the giving will go till January, but we need your feet and your hands the middle of December. And so there's going to be more about that as we talk about the big three coming down the road. Is that it? That is a great question. I would imagine the answer is yes. It is very similar to, um, uh, to, to other organizations. They'll get a list of names and like, clothing size and one or two toys that they would really like and they try to get at least something at least a, a toy or two and something that they can wear for every kid so think about that 400 families we're probably talking a thousand kids and so i'll reach out to miguel and ask um, i know that we are um, a pickup location for them already so people can drop their toys for tots gifts here but i'll ask miguel how we can connect with that and become part of it is that it for me, Kimmy? All right, I'm going to leave, and Kimmy is going to uh, uh, help us with prayer. Oh, thank you. I also do have one more announcement. Um, so you guys know that last month was Pastor Appreciation Month, and um, this month is Thanksgiving. So as we enter a time of Thanksgiving, we just wanted to kind of thank some of the people in our church that have been helping us out. Um, I'd personally like to thank Roger today for stepping up and filling in the drums. <laughs> thank you, Roger. And hopefully he'll be able to start giving me some lessons. Is that better? All right. 
so that way I can learn some more too. Um, but there's also um, someone in our church that goes above and beyond to help us, and that is Danny. So if I could get Danny to come up here, please. Um, on behalf of the church and the church board, we'd just like to give you a little thank you for all that you do for our church. Thank you so much. Okay, and now we're going to go into our time of offering. Um, So most of you guys know um, that as a church that's building and going through new things, that there's a lot of different ways that, you know, we can step up and offer our time, our money, our resources, our knowledge, whatever it is to God. Um, If you guys um, do have, like, a cash thing you want to give, there are drop boxes out in the sanctuary area, like the walk-in area. I don't know specifically what it's called, but I think you guys know what I mean. Um, You can always give online. um, Whatever, you know, God has placed on your heart to give, um, you know, God can definitely use it for good and multiply it however he needs to. So um, I'm going to say a little prayer for us now for our time of offering. Dear Lord. Thank you so much for this congregation and bringing us together here today. Um, Thank you for always providing for us and helping us to help others. Please continue to bless us and bless our offerings and let it be multiplied for your kingdom and used for your good. In Jesus' name, amen. God in heaven, your name is holy. Bring your kingdom to earth. Do whatever you see fit, Lord. As above, so below. Give us what we need for today. Forgive us for what we've done. And help us to forgive those who have wronged us. And keep us from evil. Everything is yours, God. Forever and ever. Oh, yo. Yeah, Kimmy stole my thunder. Thank you, Roger. Stepping in on drums today. And and thank you all um, for the way that you um, showed your love to... Tim and Jennifer and Jason and myself, um, man, we all love being here. Um, I don't know how you feel, but but we're we're happy that we're joined together. And so, uh, uh, thank you, thank you. And I'm excited to see what God does in the coming days and weeks and months and years. And so, we are in Matthew, and I want to just—I uh, have forgotten to mention this the last couple of weeks, but. Um, I'm encouraging you, take notes. And so we, we have some journals and pens up here if you forgot yours. Um, I saw Kimmy had hers back there, and she's already decorating it and making it her own. And uh, I think that's awesome. But we want you to have um, tools and resources that you can take with you and not just hear for 30 minutes and then forget, but that you can think about, pray about, and hopefully grow. And so they're up there. It won't bother me if you come and get them. I have people walking around all the time. Um, Helps me know you're awake, which is a lot better than you're not awake. So so we started this series, and I had a a story every week, and then I ran out of stories. But I have a story for you. It's about this little boy, and and he told his parents one day, he's like, Mom, Dad, you've got to stop using Yahoo. What do you mean? You've got to you've got to stop, um, you know, getting your messages through Yahoo. And they're like, why? It's like because the Bible said so, Mom. And it's like, what are you talking about? He said, it's in the Lord's prayer. It, it says, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from email. 
You've got to stop using your Yahoo. I'm waiting. Some of you are about to get that. There it is. <laughs> we are on, uh, we are coming to the end of the Lord's Prayer, but could we pray this together? So, uh, Kimmy, we'll have the words up there. Pray this with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So here's the plan today. It's going to be a little bit uh, different because I just want us to take this verse and kind of pick through some words and give you a couple of things to think about for them. And so we're going to start, we're not going to necessarily go in order because in the Greek, they have a different order. And honestly, I wanted to go a different order anyway. And since I'm breaking it up, I can do what I want, right? So we're going to start with the word lead. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, let me ask you, when you hear the word lead, is there scripture that comes to mind or stories that come to mind? Let me give you a couple. If you look here, the first one is in Exodus. So in Exodus 13, you have this story of God's deliverance. Um, God delivers the people from Egypt, and he leads them by a pillar of fire at night to keep them warm and give them light, and by a cloud during the day so that they can be cooled from the desert and be led uh, the one that came to mind for me immediately was Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters. That's the one that I thought of. Now, Psalm 31.3 is a little different, and I want to read it just so that I get it right. Psalm 31.3 says, You're my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of danger. It's almost as if Jesus was Kind of quoting the heart of that psalm right there. Isaiah 11.6. Remember that story? Where Isaiah is talking about this, this person that will come and a child will lead them. Remember that? You're going to hear about it a little bit during Advent. And then Revelation. I love that. Revelation 7. I'm going to be flipping a little bit, so y'all are going to have to bear with me. I didn't have enough marker spot so if you have your bibles turn there if not you can watch me turn in my bible revelation 7 17 says this for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd he will lead them to springs of life-giving water and god will wipe every tear from their eyes. So you have this story of these end times when evil is coming to an end and there will be one that leads us into this glorious peace and presence where pain and suffering will be no more. He'll lead us. Uh, the next word, temptation. 
Now, I'm not talking about the music group, although I like them. Um, We're talking about those things that pull at you that are not of God. And they can be like really bad things, but it could also be more times than not, I'm tempted just to watch a little bit more of the baseball game or to watch a little bit more TV or to not, it's not that I'm doing something bad, I'm just not doing something that I should. Um, I'm not being wise with my time. That's, that's one of my temptations. It doesn't have to be yours, but I love how Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that no temptation will ever come against you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. Paul is sure to point that out. You won't be tempted beyond what you can bear, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, doesn't say if you're tempted, it says when you're tempted. So that tells us a little something about being able to avoid the temptation. It's coming. When you're tempted, God will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. It's like this canopy. It's almost like, remember when we were talking about the names of God, when hallowed be your name, Jehovah Nisi, this banner of protection. It's like this God that you can stand under, and though the temptation is pouring, you are safe. There is nothing that will come against you that God cannot help you through. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Now, when I think of deliverance, um, I think of a couple of things. I think of Egypt. Uh, we just talked about the, deliver, uh, the Hebrew uh, deliverance from Egypt. I think about Babylon and the exile. And, and you remember Jerusalem was destroyed and Nebuchadnezzar just, just drags them out of the city. Kills anyone that's a threat, drags the rest of them back. And it's not even that he kills all of them. He just assimilates them into his Babylonian lifestyle. And they start to forget who they are. And God delivers them. Think of Rome. At this time when Jesus is praying, Rome has their thumb in the back of the Israelites. They are oppressing them. And so, this deliverance, I think of that way, but... I really don't think that this is talking about physical deliverance, even though God has shown time and time again that God is ready to deliver. So what comes to mind is I think about, well, if I am going to be tempted and if I'm going to have things coming against me, how do I protect myself? And Paul gives this great analogy in Ephesians 6, and you know it. It's called the armor of God. Yeah? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so let's just walk through a couple of those. So you've got, you know, Paul's like, hey, it's coming. It's not a question of will you have these things come against you. It's what are you going to do and how are you going to be prepared? And so Paul says, put on this belt of truth, like right around you, right around, just cover yourself in truth. If you don't know what the truth is, ask God. James 1 says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and God will give you wisdom. So put on this, you you need to know what's true. We have enough things coming against us that sound right but aren't. And we will have no way of knowing it if we don't know what truth 
is. So put on the belt of truth. Put on this body armor, this breastplate of righteousness, this, you know, this thing that like physically would cover all your internal organs that you need to live. It's like, put on this breastplate of righteousness that will guard your integrity and keep you safe in these times of troubles. You want to be shielded, and so put on this breastplate. Put on these sandals of peace. Wherever you go, Every step you take should leave a footprint of God's peace in the situation around you. When you walk into a situation at work or at home, and you know how it is, you walk into a room and you just feel the tension. Are you the person that adds to the tension and says, oh, I know what you mean, that is horrible, we should go, or we should demand, or we should... Or are you the one that brings peace into the situation. It's not that you're dismissing issues. It's that you are a person of peace because blessed are the peacemakers. So you have this these sandals of peace that you strap on, you lace up. You have this shield of faith. The shield of faith so that you can be protected from the fiery arrows of the devil is what is how Paul uses it. So, so they're coming. And I think of like all those movies. You remember like the movies that you see from like, and there it's like situational or, or what is it? Situational movies where it's like in the 1700s or 1600s and you got those people shooting arrows and they hold their shield up. Because the arrows are coming down and they protect their whole body just by covering themselves with this shield of faith. Now, the question is, how's your faith? Because, can I be honest with you? You don't have enough faith on your own. If you're not in God's Word, if you're not talking to God, if you are not part of a community, if you are not connected to a small group, there are lots of things, and I'm not saying you have to do all of them, but I'm saying I do as many as I can because I need every advantage I can get because I need my faith to be strengthened. I would never be so bold as to think that I could do this without more faith. So how's your faith? You can do a personal assessment and see how involved you are in the life of God and in the kingdom of God and you can self-assess. Put on the helmet of salvation. Guard your mind. Guard your thoughts. Guard your actions. Make everything that you think, bring it under the submission of the Lord and God's saving grace so that you are always mindful of what God is doing in the world and what God longs to do, and that is to bring salvation and restoration to all people. Guard your mind. Put on the helmet. Last one, sword of the Spirit, the only offensive tool that Paul lists. And what is it? Well, the, the, we're fighting evil. You're exactly right. And the sword that we use is the Word of God. How's your reading? Could it be better? Maybe I'll say that, because you could be doing great, but could it be better? 
You could be doing horrible. That's okay. Could it be better? I'm not here to guilt you. I'm here to get you thinking. Maybe here to guilt you. I don't know. We'll see. Whatever the Spirit decides. That's not my job. So, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us from what? Deliver us from... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We're actually gonna, I'm going to hit that. So, yeah, um, but that is absolutely right. Um, we live in a world where evil um, is discounted, isn't it? Not a big deal. Is it ethical? Yeah, it's gray. Is it technically infidelity? Yeah. We live in a world that is constantly trying to help us down this slippery slope. And so we need this armor because we understand that we are no match for the evil that's coming against us. That's that's why we pray, God, deliver us from this. But with your power, I'll stand. Now, there are three views of evil that are dangerous. Okay, let me give you three views. One is that it's a myth. I mean, we get this all the way back into our cartoons with the little, the little angel here and the little devil here. It's like, hey, do good. Hey, do bad. Hey, share your cake. Hey, eat your cake. All the way back, like, as kids. Oh, you know, it's, there's not a little red-horned man. Oh, you know, that's just, yeah, yeah, it's a myth. We watch TV shows that make light of demonic spirits and, you know, I'm a good witch and this and that. And we don't make a big deal about evil that happens in this world. Here's the truth. For most of us, the mindset is, if it's not happening to me, it's not really my problem. If there's injustice on the other side of the world, well, that's sad, and I'll hear about it on the 90-second news bite, but if there's injustice to me, I'm going down to City Hall, and heads will roll. It's like... When we make evil a myth, this mindset takes evil much too lightly. Second thing is that uh, the, the danger, dangerous thought is that it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's going to get me. No matter where we are, we're not safe. Evil's going to get us. It's too much for us to handle. We're, it's inescapable. It's overwhelming. I feel so... And when we do that, we take evil too seriously and we forget that we have armor and we have deliverance and we have a Jesus who has defeated death and sin. 
The third one is the one that scares me the most because I think this is where a lot of us are. And it's the mindset, I'm above it. And here's what I mean. I'm a good Christian. It wouldn't. Evil can't get me. I'm above it. God will protect me. I'm good. I'm not scared. Satan would never get a foothold in my life. And when we live that way, that mindset makes us... I'll use the word vulnerable. Thank you. Um, I was going to say stupid, but I was told not to say stupid. But let's be honest. A lot of us walk around thinking we are much more invincible than we are. Evil is real. Let me tell you three things that I know. Evil's personified. The Bible speaks repeatedly about this enemy. Lucifer, the devil, Satan, father of lies, the accuser of the brethren, the dragon, the prince of darkness. There are lots of names, but Scripture, in my mind, makes it clear that there is a foe that is out to get you. And Scripture repeatedly personifies evil as a fallen angel that is out to destroy you. It's personified. But evil is also collective. It's corporate. It's Hitler's Reich. It's the KKK. It's systems in our world that make it more difficult for people of color to get a decent education. It's, it's a collective thing. It's how we are raised. And parents who very well may have been doing the best they knew how, and yet you start to realize, I was taught some really bad stuff that actually is more hurtful than helpful. It's systemic. That's the third thing I know. It has its roots. It has its fingers in economics. It divides people. It has its roots and fingers in technology. Think how many vices you have at the tip of your hand now. It is systemic. Hollywood. Human trafficking. It's seen in the disparity between a woman's pay and a man's pay for the same job. There are systems that are broken and that are evil. There are systems around the world that are broken and evil. In Romans 5, I love what Paul says. Had never thought about it until this week when I was praying and reading. Romans 5, 12 through 17. I feel like we've got personal, collective, and systemic just in this one passage that Paul gives. When Adam sinned, one second, sin entered into the world. Systemic. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. Collective. You see what I'm saying? For everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey the explicit commandments of God, as Adam did. And now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But 
There's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. So Adam was like the prototype of humanity. Jesus is the prototype of humanity's salvation. So he's saying there's a, they're similar, but there are differences. And so Paul goes on to explain. There's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this one man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of this one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. That's what we're living under. But God's free gift leads to Oh, there's that word again, lead. God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. We were one way. We are transformed into another thing because of God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin. Did you hear that? Deliver us from evil. If, if you are under Christ's command, then you will, well, you'll live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, indeed. Now, let's look at one, uh, one or two other words, the, the, those little words. Let's look at this word, and. Now, you know what and is, right? Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and thoughts and phrases or whatever it goes. Which means this is connected to whatever is before it. So let's look at what's before it. Oh, wait, do I not have the lead us not? All right, well, then we're going we're gonna to fly. Uh, let's leave it there. We'll, we'll, we'll get to not in a second. So, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, is connected through the and to and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And that phrase has an and which connects us to give us this day our daily bread. So here's what we have going on. Daily bread. You have physical needs that have to be met or you will physically die. Daily bread is the solution to you and your physical death problem, right? Likewise, forgiveness is the solution to your emotional and spiritual death that you are dying. It's through forgiveness, as God forgives us and we forgive others, that we are emotionally and spiritually restored and healed, right? Forgive us as we forgive. And so as we are being physically and spiritually healed and brought to life, then we can say, I am fully alive, God, now. Protect me. Don't lead me into temptation. Deliver me. So you've got this connection. It's directly connected. Our ability to pray for bread, not just for ourselves, 
but for those that are needy. I can't ask God to bless my table when I know the person standing outside me is homeless. Now, I'm not saying that we can solve all the world's problems today. But I am saying as God brings people across your path, you could change their forever or you could at least nudge them to a better forever. Daily bread and forgiveness will make us as healthy as we can be so that we are able to withstand the temptation as we put on the armor trusting our God to deliver us. Lead us not. This is the only negative in the prayer. Have you ever thought about that? I never thought about that until I was reading it. It's the only negative. I wonder if that's there to help us remember how frail we are. Because it would be very easy to say, well, I read my Bible, I go to church, I'm good, I'm safe, I help people out, I feed at the food kitchen, I don't hold a lot of grudges, I'm good. That does not mean that you are able to overcome temptation on your own. You will never be without the need of God's grace and strength and power and armor. You aren't strong enough. And I'm not either. And we weren't built that way. That's okay. We were designed by God to be reliant upon God for God's protection and favor. So deliver us not to temptation, uh, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let me, just, let me just finish with a quote from a theologian and then we'll get to our questions. We got four questions to ask. I love how this one person, this one theologian wrote, ask me no questions about demons for I'm not an authority on the subject. However, it is necessary for us to know that the devil exists. But then we must hasten to get away from him. I think in a prayer that focuses the first part on God, God's greatness, God act, God's attributes, God's powers, God's omnis, all those things that God is, which leads us into provide for our needs physically, provide for our needs spiritually. I think it's important and was, I think this is exactly what Jesus wanted to say, but let's not remember that you are frail and you are human and apart from remembering all this, you cannot do this on your own. You need to know that evil is real. You need to know that there is someone that is out to get you. Um, but we trust that God will deliver us, which is why we can say uh, what's not actually in the original scripture, but was added, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. 
Amen. You can end with praise because we trust that our God is able to protect and keep us as we forgive. Hey, there's the slide I was looking for. All right. Hey, let's go to our questions, Kimmy. Sorry, they must have imported the wrong order. First question. Here you go. Have I been flirting with evil? Not taking it seriously? How have I allowed culture to desensitize me from the dangers of evil? I struggle with this because, goodness, a third of, third to half of what's on Netflix and Amazon Prime and even Disney Plus is stuff that is not good for us. Am I, am I dancing with danger and becoming desensitized? Second question. Who's supporting me when I am tempted? So, we know we're going to be tempted. It's not like, oh, I hope, I, I hope it doesn't happen to me. No, it's going to happen to you. It may be happening to you right now. So, who do you have in your life that is supporting you? Who's your, who's your, your accountability group? Do you have someone that you can go to and say, I'm struggling with blah. I can't tell anyone this, but I need to tell you so that you can hold me accountable and help me and encourage me. Or do I live as if I've got the power to overcome on my own? Do I realize how dangerous that is for my soul? To think that I'm invincible. Dangerous. Third question. Have I been trying to win the battle against temptations and evil in my own strength? Now, I'll tell you that you can put up a good fight for a long time. I've seen it happen. Lots of good people do good things, and they, they hold off the temptation for a good time. But eventually, your strength will wear out because you were not designed to withstand the onslaught that is coming against you. So, when was the last time I intentionally put on God's armor? When's the last time... You woke up or you're in a meeting and things are getting tense and you want to punch this person and you just start thinking, okay, sandals of peace, sandals of peace, sandals of peace. I want to punch him. Sandals of peace, sandals of peace, sandals of peace. When was the last time you said, God, I don't know what's going on, but I've had six weird bad things happen to me all at one time. I'm going to assume that I need to focus more on you and take every thought captive. So I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation. I'm going to... I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to protect and put truth around me. I don't know what's going on, God, but I believe that there is something out there. There is an evil. There is an evil one. And there are systems that are holding me down. And I, this isn't health, wealth, and prosperity. This is survive and trust in God and trust God to be the banner of protection that you can stand up under. That's what I'm saying. Put on the whole armor of God. This should be a practice for us. You should have a daily affirmation, like Stuart. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. You should be like, I've got the armor, I've got the helmet, I've got the sword, and I'm going to do this, and God's going to do this. See how easy it is to slip into self-reliancy. All right, last question. What's my next step? I'm all about next steps. An action plan without any action is just a good thought. What's my next step to add protection against evil and temptations? Am I willing to take the action? 
I can come up with a lot of things I can do, and then I can turn on the football game. Am I willing to take action? These are just suggestions. Join a three-by-three group. Three times, 30 minutes, three people, three questions. Super simple. What about a small group? We've got small groups going, and we've got more that will be launching in the next 60 days, I'm hoping. If not those, what does that say about the state of my heart and my comfort level with it cut it off? Temptation. What we're talking about. Oh, y'all. When Jen's out of town, you just never know what you're going to get with me. This feels heavy because compared to all the other parts of the prayer, it is. I mean, even the forgiveness one last week where, where we learned, you know, we were reminded love is unconditional. Forgiveness is we forgive as we are forgiven. That's tough, but that's at least doable. You know, but this, this week feels heavy because I see how vulnerable I truly am. Which is why on Tuesdays, free plug, Danny, hurts, habits, and hangups. Man, we have the, the biggest CR group in Volusia County, and if you have a hurt or a habit or a hangup or a temptation, that's the place you need to be. Take a step. So let's pray. God, I praise your name. I lift you up. I exalt you. May your name be hallowed. Our world is broken and our community is too, but I pray that your kingdom will begin to come and overlay itself over us. I pray that your will will be done in our lives. I pray that your will will be done in Port Orange and in our church, in the ministries that we have, in the neighbors that we connect with, in the preschool that that we support in the ways that we give our time and our money and our energies, God, may your will be done right here on earth. Just like you'd have it be in heaven. So we pray like Matthew 10, that the things that are bound in heaven will be bound on earth and the things that are loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth. And God, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So God, in just a minute, we are going to be sitting around tables and we thank you for the daily bread that you give us. For physical needs being met. I pray that you will help our eyes to be open to those around us that are struggling to have those physical needs met. But we give you thanks for it. God, I pray that you will forgive us and purify our hearts. I pray that you'll make us into your people. God, I thank you that you are a God that wants to heal and transform us. You don't simply 
cover us and leave us broken until the day you return. But we begin the process of fixing and healing and restoring and making all things new even now. So forgive us and make us new. And then teach us how to do that to those around us, to our coworkers, to our loved ones, to our neighbors, to that fussy person across the street that never likes the way our lawn looks. God, make us people that forgive. And God, we trust you. We ask for you to lead us out of temptation. We know that that there are times in Scripture where we've seen that you have allowed people to be tested, but James also tells us that you are not the one who tempts us. And so we pray that you will help every temptation that is possible to leave us, but we understand that we live in a broken, fallen world, and people have free will, and for you to be true to yourself and loving us and giving us free will means that there is collateral damage and sin in this world. And so, God, I pray that you will protect us from evil and from the evil one. And Jesus, I pray this because it's all about your kingdom. It's all about your power, not ours. It's all about your glory, not any fame for us. We pray this all in your name. So we're going to end a little differently. Our communion is our lunch. So we're going to break bread together physically. And so um, I'm I'm going to encourage you right now, don't practice dipping an intention in the serve line. Let's, um, Let's just grab our food on our plates and sit around and eat and share together. But I don't want to miss the truth that think how many times in Scripture salvation and forgiveness and just God's love was seen around an ordinary table with ordinary food and ordinary drink. There is something otherly that happens when we have communion with God and with each other. And so it's my prayer that as we have communion, although we'll be eating something that's completely different from the normal elements, we believe that God can sanctify that time and make this a holy time. And so, we're going to celebrate. So I'm going to have you stand. We're going to sing our benediction if you can't stay with us, but I'm hoping that you will. And then, um, Danny, can you help me kind of figure out tables and chairs and kind of lead the way? So Danny over there is going to be the point person for that. All right? Thank you for letting me volunteer. You sing with me. We sing hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim. Let your will be done in us. Have a great week if you can't stay. Otherwise... Let's start eating.